0: It is uh, a privilege to have Dr. Getch with us, if I could describe him briefly to you, and you'll see this to be true throughout the week. Um, two things that I think of when I think of Dr. Getch. One is his confidence in the Word of God, and two is his love for the Lord. So Dr. Getch, would you come and preach God's Word to us, please? Well, thank you, Pastor. It's a joy to be back here at Trinity Baptist Church. I look forward to this time. And as your pastor said, I hope you have as well. we are looking forward to these meetings, not because I'm here, but because uh, we need the Lord. We need his word. in These days of uncertainty and difficulty that we face, we need an anchor. and We need the Bible. We need God to work in our hearts. And I'm so thankful for your church setting aside these days. I know summer is a busy time and lots of things on personal calendars, as well as the church calendar with uh, Vacation Bible School coming up quickly and all these different things, and yet it's good to pause for a minute, let God speak to our hearts and work in our lives. And so I hope you'll let him do that throughout the course of this week. Take your Bible. Let's go to John chapter 10, the Gospel of John in chapter 10. I'll begin to read at verse 22, and I'll read down to verse 31. And we'll look at several verses in this chapter. Primarily, Jesus is speaking throughout the chapter. So let's begin here in verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walking in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. Because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, it is, is it not written in your law? I said, Ye are gods. If ye called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. The relationship between a shepherd and his sheep is a beautiful picture of the relationship that God has with his people. Many years ago, I met a young man named Mike Jeffley. Mike was saved as a teenager. He grew up in a very small town in Wisconsin, Ontario, Wisconsin, a town of about 300 people. Mike was a wrestler in high school and pretty good at it, and he went to a wrestling camp during the summer. During that wrestling camp, he heard the gospel and was saved. Shortly after that, he decided to go to Bible college. And uh, he, um, his family was not Christian. His mom and dad were not saved. Uh, they were somewhat religious, but not, not Christians. And uh, Mike didn't really know much about Christianity, but went to Bible college. And God began to work in his heart and called him to preach. Before he graduated, Mike determined that God wanted him to go back to this little town of Ontario, Wisconsin, plant a church with the main desire to reach his family for Christ. He had a tremendous burden for his mom and dad and his siblings. So he graduated and went back to Ontario and planted the Faith Baptist Church of Ontario. He's now been pastor there over 35 years. Pastor Jeff Lee called me shortly after he arrived in Ontario and he said, would you come and hold a revival meeting? He had heard me preach a few times in college and as a teenager as well and so he, uh, he asked me to come, and we, we went. At that time, I was traveling with my family, and we were pulling a trailer. And My oldest son, John, was about eight. My daughter, Melinda, was five, and our other two boys were not yet born. We pulled into this church. Now, it was a house. It was a three-story house on the edge of town, and they had taken the bottom floor and made it into an auditorium and the living area there, and upstairs were bedrooms converted to classrooms and nurseries and things of that nature. We pulled in, got everything set up, went inside, sat down with Pastor Jeff Lee, and he began to talk about the week and how things would go schedule-wise. And He said, now, Brother Getch, uh, we're just a small church. We have about 20 people that are coming right now. And he said, "Uh, I'm, I'm not able to draw a salary yet. We don't have money to pay me a salary. So he said, my dad, his dad was not saved, but he said, my dad is a farmer, and he gave me some land Uh, with a house on it and that's where we're living and and I'm raising sheep. And that's how I'm providing for my family, raising sheep. I have a hundred sheep. And he said, I want you to come over and see my sheep. Well, I grew up on a farm, you know, in Wisconsin. I I was around animals uh, growing up, and we had dairy dairy cattle mostly, but we had some hogs, we had some sheep, and we we had different things like that. And so it didn't really interest me, but I said, sure, yeah, well, that'd be fine. Well, the next day we had the Sunday school hour and the morning service, and afterwards they had a carry-in dinner, and we sat there and had some fellowship with some of the folks. And, and finally they began to uh, go home and Pastor Jeffley came over to the table where my wife and I and our two children were seated, and he said, You're coming over, right? I said, Coming over? He said, Yeah, to see the sheep. I said, Pastor, it's Sunday. Sunday afternoon is good for one thing taking a nap. And I said, well, Pastor, I don't know if we'll come today. He said, oh, you've got to come today. It's a beautiful day. And, and uh, he, he said, you've you got to see the sheep. And, and, and he looked at my kids. He said, you want to see the sheep, right? And they're like, yeah. I said, well, well Pastor, um, we better change clothes before we come out there. I mean, I'm raised on a farm. I know these things, right? So I said, we better change. He said, okay, you go out and change clothes. He said, I'll take my family home. I'll be back in 10 minutes. So we went out to the trailer and we changed into some casual attire. And Sure enough, 10 minutes later, he came bounding back into that parking lot in his pickup truck. Now, I'm not talking about a crew cab truck. I'm talking about an old pickup truck with one seat. And he and I, my wife and two kids crammed into the front of that old pickup truck. We went out that church parking lot onto a dirt road. There were potholes the size of Detroit. I had never seen a road like that. We're bouncing around. I'm hitting my head on the center of that truck. I'm bumping into my wife and him. And We're going down this road, and I'm in a bad mood. I mean, I, I, I'm missing my nap, and, and we're going to see dumb sheep. you know. And I'm in this, this crummy pickup truck bouncing around. But when we got to the end of that dirt road, he took a left into a driveway, and my attitude immediately changed. To the left of the driveway was their house. Now, it was an old, dilapidated-looking house. It needed paint really bad on the outside. But they had fixed the inside up to make it livable, and it really was was nice inside. But to the right of that driveway, there were a few outbuildings, and then there was a pasture that probably covered about 50 acres, maybe a little bit more. And it went up a hillside to a a tree line at the top, probably went up about 500 feet, and this entire green pasture was dotted with these 100 sheep peacefully grazing. It, it was one of the most peaceful things I'd ever seen. We got out of the truck. We walked up to the fence, and the pastor began to talk to us about uh, taking care of these sheep and, and uh, what they ate and explaining to my kids some things about them. And, and uh, he said, would you like to see the sheep up close? Well, sure. He cupped his hands like this around his mouth, and he yelled up that hillside, Come, sheep! I thought, now that's original. I mean, some people can at least whistle or something, you know. But when he yelled those two words, every one of those sheep, like a giant synchronized choir, they lifted their heads, and they looked at him, and they began to run to where we were. Well, they're milling around, and he's refreshing their water and some of their feet in the troughs, and they're they're eating and milling around. And the pastor begins to tell us about all these sheep, and, 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 and we're enjoying it. Well, after a while, the sheep began to drift back up onto the hillside, and we went into the house to enjoy a little bit of fellowship with the pastor and his family. About 4 o'clock, I said, Pastor, we, we better get back to the church, get ready for the service tonight. So we walked out on the porch. Well, by this time, the sheep were dotted all over that hillside again, grazing. And we're just kind of saying goodbye. And my daughter, Melinda, five years old, she said, Dad, do you think I could call the sheep? I said, well, I I don't know if Pastor wants them to come all the way back down again now. Well, she looked at Pastor with her big brown eyes and he said, sure, call them. So she looked at me and I nodded and she stepped forward on that porch and she cupped her tiny little five-year-old hands around her mouth and in her squeaky little five-year-old voice she yelled, Come sheep! And nothing happened. And she was really disappointed. So she looked at her big brother John. He's eight. She said, John, you call him. John looked at me and the pastor. We nodded. So John stepped up. And he cupped his hands around his mouth. And with a much more... Loud voice, he yelled, come sheep. Nothing happened. Well, now they were both disappointed. They looked at me and they said, dad, you call him. You were raised on a farm. You know how to do it. Okay. I stepped forward. I had memorized the line. (laughs) I cut my hands and with every imitation in me possible, tried to mimic the pastor's voice. I said, come sheep one old ram lifted his head. And he looked at me, and you could read his mind. Stupid tourists. <laughs> <laughs> By this time, the pastor's rolling on the porch in laughter, and we finally convinced him to call the sheep again, and they came. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow Me, are you in tune with the shepherd this morning? Or does God seem a little bit abstract to you? Does God seem to be a little bit distant? Does religion just kind of seem to be mm, more or less a bother? Maybe it works for someone else, but doesn't seem to fit your needs. Christian, does God seem to have drifted from us? Does he seem to be unconcerned about our lives? There are three unique aspects, I believe, in this picture of Christ and his people, as illustrated by the shepherd and his sheep. Notice first a recognition. In verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. This is a distinct voice. Now, there are lots of voices out there today. Uh, There is the voice of the news media. There is the voice of, of social media. There is the voice of politics. There is the voice of a sociologist. There is the voice of medicine. There's the voice of religion. There are all kinds of voices. We have friends who speak to us. We have family members that speak to us. We have authorities that we come and go with. There are lots of voices and they're all trying to appeal to us in some way. And some of these voices are very powerful. They're very loud. Other voices are very persuasive. They're very convincing. Some of these voices are very charming and promising. But this shepherd's voice is distinct. When Jesus spoke to people in his day, they went away saying, Never man spake like this man. After the Sermon on the Mount, their response was, They were astonished at his doctrine. For he, he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. It was a distinct voice, but it was a devoted voice. Did you notice in verse 25, Jesus uh, said, I told you, and you believe not, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Jesus was letting them know, look, everything that I do is for you. I didn't come to minister to myself. I came to minister and to give my life a ransom for many. I didn't come to build my empire. I didn't come to build my authority. I didn't come to build me up. I came for you. Uh, Jesus uh, had a devoted voice. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. In fact, Jesus said, I do always the things that please him. Speaking of his heavenly father, Jesus was not on his own agenda. He was not following his own cue card. He was doing the will of his father devoted to the one who had sent him. It was a divine voice. Did you notice there in verse number 30? I and my father are one. Jesus Christ is God. He is deity. This is a divine voice that speaks to us. This is no human shepherd whose resources could run out. This is not a human shepherd whose power somehow becomes incapable at certain opposition. This is not a human voice that somehow rises and then falls as a result of time or sequence. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, which was, and which is to come. The kingdom of God is not word, but in power. This is a distinct, devoted, divine voice. And there is a recognition of that voice. But notice, secondly, there is a relationship. My sheep hear my voice, verse 27, and I know them. You know, it was really interesting that day as we stood along that fence and Pastor Jeff Lee began to talk about those sheep. He could tell us a story about every one of those 100 sheep. He didn't get through all 100, we got a little bored. I mean, sheep are sheep, they all look exactly alike. They're white, they have wool. They have four legs. They have a face. I mean, sheep are sheep. They're not really very, they don't have distinct characteristics, really. But, but Pastor Jeff Lee, he knew every one of them. They all kind of looked alike to us. But he would say, see that one there? That one had twins this past spring. And one of them almost died. I had to stay up all night to make, to make sure it would live. And then then he'd show us the lamb. And and, and he said, there's there's the one that almost died. And then he would talk about this one and that one and where he bought that one. And he, he had a story to tell us about every one of those sheep. You see, there is a relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And this is a singular relationship. My sheep hear my voice. God isn't an add-on to everything else we have in life. Uh, God isn't our last resort. He's not our first resort. He's our only resort. He's our all and in all. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He is everything to us. Psalm 73 and verse 25, Whom have I in heaven but thee? There's none that I desire upon earth besides thee. We are complete in him, in whom whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge uh, in the Godhead. Christ is all and in all. This is a singular relationship, but it is also a sacrificial relationship. If you go back in the chapter, look at verse 11 here in chapter 10. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is in an hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is in an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the father knoweth me, even so know I the father. And I lay down my life. For the sheep. You know, there are a lot of voices in this world calling to us. There are a lot of people trying to get our attention. There are a lot of groups that want our our allegiance, but this voice of this shepherd provides a relationship with us, and that relationship is a personal, it's a singular relationship with him, but it is also based on a sacrifice that he gave for us. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. For us, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. As it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now in Christ Jesus, you, who were sometime afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before a shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he shall be cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people is he stricken. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him to make His soul, an offering for our sin. This is a sacrificial relationship. I gave my back to the smiters, my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Oh, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. A singular relationship, a sacrificial relationship. And it is a secure relationship. In verse 28, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Human relationships are are fragile. Human relationships are frail. Even marriages break. Close friendships break. Uh, we 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 come and go with neighbors and and bosses and 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 friends all of our human relationships are fragile and frail and sometimes end up fatal but 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 this relationship with this shepherd is eternal I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. And he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. There's a recognition, my sheep hear my voice. There's a relationship, I know them. But then there's a responsibility, and they follow me. This kind of commitment on the part of the shepherd begs a commitment on the part of the sheep. There is a keen awareness. Go back to verse 4, way back to the beginning of all of this. As Jesus begins to speak on this topic in verse 4, he says, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Does that characterize you? Now Jesus is speaking about sheep. And he's speaking about a shepherd and his sheep. And he's saying a sheep follows the shepherd. The shepherd comes to the fold in the morning. He opens the door. He leads them out. He leads them to some water. He leads them to some pasture. They follow him. He said, a stranger will they not follow? A stranger opens that door. They won't come out and follow him. They don't know him. Who did you follow this week? Are you following a stranger? It's amazing amazing what we will follow. It's amazing the voices we will listen to. It's amazing how we're so consumed. We've got, to, we've got to see what the news is saying. We've got to see what social media is going on. Got to, got to look at this. Got to check this. Got to look at, did you check this? Boy, I got all these texts. I better check all these texts. I got all these emails. I got all this. I got that. I got to check my, my, my Facebook. I got to look at this. I got to watch this program. I got to watch the news. Jesus said his sheep flee from the strange voice. They know one voice. They're not going to be deceived or detoured by another voice. You see, Brother Jephli's sheep, they did not respond to my daughter's voice. A strange voice. They did not respond to my son's voice or my voice. They responded to one voice. The voice of their shepherd. We get our ears in tune with the world and and, and what the, the athletes are saying or what the movie stars are saying or what the politicians are saying or what this person is saying or that person is saying. Friend, I'm not asking you to come this week to hear what I have to say. We need to come this week to hear what God has to say. Solomon warned his son, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. John 18, verse 37, Jesus before Pilate said, To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. You remember what Pilate said in response to that? What is truth? A lot of people asking that question today. What is truth? Where do you find truth? You know why they're asking that? Because they don't know the shepherd. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. When a person doesn't know that voice, what is truth? Where is the answer? I, I listened to this guy, that turned out to be wrong. I followed that, that turned out to be false. I thought this was right. I was disappointed. I went to this church. I I checked that out. I I looked at this. People are looking for truth. They're not finding it because the truth is only found in the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's Jesus Christ. A keen awareness. But that leads us to a key authenticity. Back in verse 27, my sheep are my voice that recognition, and I know them, that relationship, and they follow me, that responsibility. It's interesting. It doesn't say my sheep are my boys. I know them, and I wish they would follow me. It doesn't say my sheep are my boys. I know them, and they should follow me. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, we can deduce from that that if we're not following, then we're not a sheep. Right? That's just simple deduction. If my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, then if we're not following, we're not a sheep. See, Brother Getsch, I think that's a stretch. Well, how about 1 John 2, verse 3? Hereby we do know that we know him. Okay? Here's how we know we're saved. Here's how you know you have a personal relationship with Christ. Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a... Liar, and the truth is not in him. Oh, folks, I didn't write that. God said, "If I say I'm a sheep, I know Him. I know Christ. Of course, I'm a Christian. I don't go to church though. You don't need church." Oh, I know the Lord. Sure, yeah, I'm a Christian. But uh, no, you don't need to read your Bible. No, you you don't you don't need to tell anybody else about Christ. No, that's for that's for some people. Not not for everybody. Wait a minute. If we say we know Him, and we're not keeping His commandments. The Bible says we're a liar. Are you a sheep? I was preaching in Plainfield, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. It was an old building. The building was over 125 years old, and therefore it was designated as a historical marker in that town of Plainfield. The building had a, a balcony, but they didn't use it. I, I I think I don't know if the city would let them use it. It was it was um, they, they roped off the stairs up to the balcony, and there was nothing up there that I could see from the platform. It didn't appear there was anything up there. But obviously, in, in the day, it, it, it served a purpose for seating or whatever. Underneath the balcony, in the back of the auditorium, there was, there was this area underneath the balcony, and it was roped off. The entrances to the auditorium were on the sides. You came in, and, and to the right, as you came in this way, was the, the under the balcony area, and then the auditorium to your left. They had roped off that area under the balcony. I don't know if they deemed it unsafe. They, they certainly didn't need it for seating. There were some bookshelves back there with some books on it and some tables and chairs it looked like maybe at one time it served as maybe a church library or something like that or a small class area. But it was roped off so you, you weren't supposed to go back there. Well there was a gentleman in that church, he was 91 years old and he walked with two canes. He had arthritis really bad. In fact it was painful to watch him walk. He just had to take every step ever so carefully with those canes and He would walk, and he walked two blocks to church every night. He did not drive. He did not have uh, friends or relatives around, and he, he would walk those two blocks to church every single service. It was just a blessing. Faithful, dear man of God. But he would come in that church. He'd come in that back door. He'd walk in, and he'd go directly to those ropes that were roping off the back area of the balcony. He'd go there, and he would move the rope, and he'd go back in there, and he'd sit down. Where you weren't supposed to sit. Now Baptists are really good at that. You know, if you, you rope off an area, they're going to move the rope. It, does, it doesn't matter how many areas you rope off; they're going to. You roped off the front row, I think. Everybody come sit there. I, I don't know, but I uh, uh, haven't tried that. But but he he, he moved, and, and so I thought that old guy. He's so rebellious, you know. He's just stubborn and stuck in the way. I'm sitting back here. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And and I, that's what I thought at first when I saw. It. But that wasn't the case at all he sat back there because he couldn't sit through a whole service he was so arthritic that if he didn't stand up and move a little bit during the service about every 7 minutes he would stand up and he'd kind of he'd kind of do this and he'd kind of wiggle his legs a little bit and he'd just kind of try to get things flowing again and then he would sit back down 7 minutes almost to the to the to the to the second. He would stand up. He'd do the same thing. I really enjoyed it. I knew exactly how long I was preaching by how many times he had stood up. And, and so I was preaching one night out of John chapter 10, and I, and I was preaching about my sheep or my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So if you're a sheep, you're following the Lord. If you're not following, you're not a sheep. And I was making the point. you know. And I, I stopped and I said, are you a sheep this evening? And I paused, because when you you speak and you ask a question, you got to give people a chance to answer it in their mind. And so I said, are you a sheep this evening? And I paused. And he started getting out of his chair. And it surprised me, because he had just been up like a minute before. And I thought, it hasn't been seven minutes. And he's, he's climbing out of his chair. And, and he got out of that chair, and he got one of those canes up over his head like this, And he got one foot off the ground and he said, or are you a goat? (laughs) And he said, and people started laughing and and I started laughing. And then I noticed some people weren't laughing. And I said, uh, sir, I'm glad you said that, not me, because I think we got some goats here. He said, oh, brother, that's a little harsh. It may seem harsh now. But the Bible tells us in Matthew 25 that one day all the nations are going to be gathered before him, before Jesus. And he's going to separate them, the one from the other, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he will set his sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left Then he will say to them on the right hand, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom of God, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then he will say to them on the left hand, Depart from me accursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Friend, it will matter one day whether you're a sheep or whether you're a goat. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do you know the shepherd? Maybe we could ask it this way. Does the shepherd know you? I could possibly convince someone in this auditorium this morning that my wife is here. There's not a woman in this building right now that would claim me as her husband. As you go out, I could say, uh, you could say, is your wife here? Yeah, that's her right there. I could point to a lady. That's my wife right there. And I might, oh, great. You go ask that lady. She's going, to No. When someone asks us, Are you saved? Yes. But what does he say? Does he know you? Because Jesus warned, Many shall come unto me in that day, saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess to them, I never knew you. Make sure you have a relationship with the shepherd. You know him and he knows you. And then as a sheep, we need to follow. And aren't you glad we can follow with confidence, knowing that his commandments are given to us, not to be grievous, but because he loves us. And he's leading us beside the still waters. He's leading us to the green pastures. The way may not always be comfortable. Sometimes it's a steep road, whatever the case might be. But wherever he leads, may we be willing to follow. Because my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Let's pray together.